All right, we are joined by, me and Jimmy are joined by two failed shortstops from the Twins organization, <laughs> Trevor Bluth and Brian Dozier. I told you I was going to come in hot. Um, I guess I could have oh, gone World man. Series champ. I, I could have gone a lot of ways with it, but uh, Brian, how you doing, dude? Good, good. Thank you guys for having me. Failed shortstop. Yes, 100%. <laughs> yes, we, uh, both of us, baby. It's okay. We yeah. were looking at the game logs. It's funny because uh, 11, Ploof comes up. They ride him at short, and then they're like, nah, nah. <laughs> and then 12, you came up. You replaced Jamie Carroll, who was 38, playing shortstop, and then back up next year as second baseman and been there ever since. We were like, man, they were really searching you for guys, shortstops. Do you guys have a new appreciation for Jamie Carroll picking it at short at, at yes. 38 or what? Yeah, so I, so I came in and – they moved him to second base, and then they saw that I was so bad, they moved a 39-year-old back to shoot. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's it's true. It gives you a real appreciation for what, like, he did, uh, J.J. Hardy. All these guys are able to stay at that position, man. Like, you know, not only the, earlier in their careers, they, they had, like, the range and stuff, but what really separated those guys and, like, allowed them to do it was, like, the positioning and, like, the anticipation. Like, those guys were so good at that. Like, they were where they needed to be. And this was before teams would print out, like, exactly where you need to stand. They, are, they were doing that on their own just by, like, their own baseball acumen. It was awesome to see. Yeah. Yeah. How you uh? How are you doing with the quarantine and everything? We talked a little bit before, but you said you're you're chilling in Mississippi, a little golf, a little what else? Yeah, so we uh we drove back from Arizona about a 22 hour drive. My wife and I we thought that it would be uh, we have a seven month old and wouldn't be the best to to get her on a bird and come back. So we drove and uh, we didn't even stop to sleep. We just right through the night. That's put, the kid, uh, put the kid in the back and let her cry for 20 hours and <laughs> turn the music up and we, we made it back but we're just chilling uh we kind of when my first few days we didn't take it all that serious we were still like going to play golf with the guys and still going out for lunch and stuff but now it's kind of the last week or two it's been it's been full lockdown mode and uh yeah, you find out a lot about uh, you and your family whenever you can't leave them for a little bit. <laughs> but it's good. Yeah, the guys that we've been talking to, like Jack Flaherty said he's searching for a hobby. And then who was it? Uh, Kipnis was like, yeah, working out sucks because I feel like I have to work out, but like, home workouts blow. And so he had a yoga mat and some eight-pound weights. What you just said, you did a, uh, doing a workout. Is this like something you've been doing or are you and uh, the missus searching for things the, to do? The honest truth, the very first workout I did, I was on my back porch. I had, my wife had her yoga mat. I get out there. We have no weights at the house whatsoever. So I'm like digging through the garage to try to find something to like lift. The only thing I could find, I had a, a half full propane tank and I was doing like, <laughs> and, like shoulder presses and stuff, uh, holding it above my head and doing squats. It was bad. But then uh, a gym that I work out, they said I can go up there and get some weights. So my wife picked them up this morning. So I got dumbbells here. There you go. Because they're all out at like an academy and stuff. So Thinking about you like lifting a propane tank is the most Mississippi thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I wish I had a video. I had my shirt off, my dad bought going to everything. So, yeah. Oh, man. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, let's – I mean, you guys go – Way back on the way back at this point. You guys came up through the Twins org. I obviously made my bad joke. But, uh, I mean, you guys ran the infield there for a little while. What's uh, 
I mean, what what are your guys' early stories? I mean, did did you hate the Cali first round pick or what? <laughs> he, yeah. uh, he was a little flashy at first. The Cali, <laughs> he had the Cali goal, it still does. Beauteous. <laughs> But no, he, Kevin, uh, I've always been close friends. Um, I, from day one, I remember him and him and Anthony Sorzak kind of took me and uh, <laughs> Umo. Remember him? Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, kind of under their wings and kind of uh, through our rookie year, kind of showed us the ropes and everything. So it's been good. I remember Delman Young t- talking about you, and you like come up. I don't think you were in spring training at the time, but you were doing like the back and forth thing. And he's like, man, this kid, Dozier, he's like, I remember, I remember this. He said, he's Marco Scudero, but he can hit. <laughs> and I was like, dude, Marco Scudero is a pretty damn good player. And um, then you came up and, yeah, you were in the shortstop. And, you know, I knew you were a good player, but I didn't think you'd develop into the best power-hitting second baseman in Twins history. I got to uh-huh. be honest with you. And then, sure as enough, you did. And it was really cool. I had like a front row seat to all of that, you know, especially in 2016 when you hit, what would you hit, 42? 42, yeah. It was incredible. It really was cool to see. And that was, I, I, I was doing that research on you and, I, and I, I remember that year. It was my last year with the Twins. And a funny, or not a funny story, but kind of a cool thing about that year is you started out like horribly. Terrible. And Terrible. Terry Ramos wanted to send me a triple A in May. Wow. I remember that. So they, we were in Kansas City, and they were, and I remember them talking. And there was like some whispers around the clubhouse that Brian Dozier, an All Star in 2015, like our, one of our leaders of the team, might go to AAA. And I was like, this is crazy. And and Molitor took you aside, and he said, I don't know what he said to you, but you can tell us this. But he said basically, you're we're in Kansas City. You're not playing this whole series. Yeah. Like, shut up, sit down, watch the game, take a mental break, and we'll go from there. And you did. And then yeah, after so that, it was like go time. Yeah, so he – yeah, so I thought I really was going to AAA. Terry Ryan actually mentioned – he pulled me aside and said, hey, you better get your shit together. You're going down to AAA. And um, so that, that series, it was against Kansas City. I can't believe you remember that. Or you look <laughs> I remember, that? yeah. Like, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's Kansas City, and he said I'm not playing uh, uh, any of the games. And there was a four-game set, and I ended up playing the fourth one. And uh, I remember my first at bat, Nunez or Nunez let off, let off with a homer. I let off with a homer, and um, I guess I just needed kind of. We all need a, a little humbling in the game, so, uh, so that's what I need. Damn. I mean, that was that was all second half. It was like I remember it was like a crazy second half surge, right? What was? Uh... Because you ended up with 42. They couldn't have all been second half. But when you're in the middle of that, is there any, like, AAA, fuck you? Uh, no, I, absolutely. I think once I kind of finally turned it around and you started getting back on the track and stuff, everything started, I guess, looking up and no more AAA talks and all that. You kind of got that behind you. But uh, I remember it being, uh, like, a, a really cool feeling with all the homers coming in bunches and all that kind of stuff. But we were the worst team in baseball, so it was kind of <laughs> uh, Trev. You remember it was almost a hundred losses, and it was just it was so bad uh, how we were playing and stuff. So it's kind of the way in the homers versus playing really bad, and so but it was still pretty cool. 
Well, how it was really cool. And, <laughs> I I guess I should yeah. ask this to every major league baseball player. I was gonna say how do you get there, but it it was kind of what Trevor said before is. You know, I, I mean, middle infielders for years were not looked at as power hitters or anything like that, and you do end up, you're hitting 40, you get MVP votes uh, in like three straight seasons. I mean, are you, were you just a 1% better every day kind of guy, or was it once you started hitting a couple out, you started turning your focus at, or how did your kind of game develop into what it is? You know what, I owe a lot to, to Tom Brunanski. He, um... From college till really my rookie year, I uh, I was always a slap single guy, to be a high average and get on base and not much power at all. Then Tom Brunanski, we actually playing golf together, and I was driving it a long way, and he's like, "Dude, why can't why can't you freaking hit a baseball, anything like this?" And I was like, "Well, you know." And so literally that next day, we get to the park early, and he starts teaching me how to use my legs and my hips in order to create power like you do in a golf swing. And uh, I remember just sitting out there days on days, just taking a fungo and just throwing the ball up to myself and just trying to hit the ball out to left field every time. He's like, don't even think about right field because I was always inside out, punching Judy right field. And he's like, don't even think about right field. Just try to hit the ball out every time to left field. And uh, it's like when it gets everything I was ever taught, everything that the twins that ever taught me. Yes. Uh, so I was like kind of flirting with, oh gosh, this is about to go south really quick or be really good. And and uh, and finally got my whole approach to the day is try to get the ball in the left field. That, that mirrors like a lot of stories you hear, the, the swing revolution we've had where it's like, oh, get your A swing off as much as possible. Let's see if we can get him back. Yeah, he's reconnecting. But yeah, no, I can I can I could talk about that. The twins for a long time were that like hit the ball the opposite way, like be a tough at bat, like just put the ball in play type organization. And that just doesn't play in today's game. So for Brunanski to talk about golf was pretty cool because we weren't really using technology at that point, like they're using now, and like I think I've referenced on the show before, a lot of the baseball lingo and the technology comes from golf. So it really does make a lot of sense. And I even remember Jim Tomey way back in the day, he told me when he had his best offensive seasons, it was him playing a lot of golf. And he said, I play every day. And a lot of people would say, Oh, it's going to mess up your baseball swing. And he said, opposite of that, like, I think it helps your baseball swing. It keeps you centered over the ball. Like Doe just talking about, it makes you use your legs and um, you just kind of learn a lot of things about your swing when you swing a golf club. I think any baseball player will tell you that. So to kind of combine those two things is really kind of ahead of the curve and obviously help those out a ton. Yeah. Let's see if he comes back. That, that, that answer itself is just not something you expect to hear. Like, how'd you, how did you become the home run hitter? Well, I took my golf swing and then I took fungo <laughs> and just did self-toss self and tried to hit bombs. That seems like, yeah, you mean, know, like if a high school coach told a kid that, I think the dad would be like, what the fuck? That is- that's the thing is, yeah, just kind of got, it's got to click for you. You know, it doesn't, a lot, there's a lot of different cues for different guys. You know, a lot of the hitting Twitter people, like they think they have the one answer. And if you do this, you're going to be successful, but that's just not the case. And you see it time and time again, you hear it time and time again from big league guys. It's like, 
I tried this and it worked or I tried this and it didn't work. And it's just really, it's all about how it clicks for you. And like Brian used to do a bunch of weird hey. pills. Hey, oh, we got him back. There okay. he is. We're back. All right. After some technical difficulties, right. we're back. Doja, I want to get into some fun stuff. The postseason yeah. World Series, two World Series in a row for you. And last year was, uh, how do you, it was crazy. I mean, because there's so much I want to talk about. The Davey Martinez getting ejected in that whole saga. You had like a front row seat to one of the wildest moments in World Series yeah. history because a manager hasn't been ejected in forever. Were you uh, just watching back and kind of taking that all in or were you actively like mad and yelling on the bench as well? Well, everyone was kind of mad because, I mean, you know, it's, we, we could see it perfectly how Trey was running. Uh, it was kind of weird because I was on the top step and our general manager uh, was right behind us in the first row. So he was like relaying to me what to tell the coaches of like during the whole thing. So I'm like looking back at him. He's telling me to do this. And it was just like, a like, I, I don't know. And I don't know if you know the, the like real story. Apparently um, the reason Davey got thrown out was not because of arguing the thing. Uh, the umpire told uh, Davey to get a hold of his, get control of his dugout. Oh. And then, and then Davey basically said, don't, tell me what to do with my dugout. Yeah. And that's why he got mad. So it wasn't the whole, the rule and the, you know, if he's out or safe or any of that kind of stuff. So I think, um, and, and that's out there. So I don't know if you guys knew that or not, but, but that was the whole debacle and everything. But um, it's one of the worst plays in baseball. It's one of the worst rules. You, you, you ask a guy to, to, to run on the outside and then come right back in. And it's like, it's the dumbest thing ever. They got to change it. And that's the stuff that starts happening. What we didn't like is the fact that um, when you usually see that the ball is like right in front of home plate, this, this ball was up the third base line. Like it wasn't even like a, so it's like, okay, it's not even like interfering with anybody. So yeah, that was crazy. What a crazy call. What a, you guys are heroes, by the way. I mean, if, if the Astros had went on to win the World Series, I mean, it wouldn't be the same. Like, no. the, the fact that you guys came back and won it, I mean, that changed everything for everyone. Right. It made everyone very happy, especially in retrospect. Oh, definitely in retrospect. <laughs> were, were you always a shirts off guy, or did that just happen and you just kept the ball rolling on it? Like, what? How, how'd that play out? <laughs> it was am I always still was always a what guy? A shirts off guy. Cause I mean No shirt. Shirts off. Yeah. No. So so Trevor's we saying like, yes. Trevor's saying yes. You've always uh, been a shirt off guy in the club. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so uh, how that came about is and I can I I don't I could tell you guys. So when we were like one of the worst teams in May, we we're like 17 and yeah. 40 or something. Uh, we, our team, what made it so unique is we have like, we're the oldest team in baseball by far, a bunch of veterans, guys that's been in the trenches, guys that's done well, whatever. So it's like nothing ever phased us. And so nothing, we, like the whole, the whole month of April and May, everyone kept, every interview was like, why are you guys still dancing in the clubhouse and having fun? And we're like, you know, nothing really phases us. It's, it'll, it'll turn around. So in late May, I started doing this thing after every win that involved 
my shirt off sure. <laughs> a lot more than my shirt, but it involved my shirt off. <laughs> I was doing it for the boys, and, and um, it became a thing after every win, and we started running off a bunch of wins in a row, so I had to keep doing it, right? And it became a thing where I kept adding more things to it. <laughs> but um, So sure enough, after – so I did it all the way up until the end, but when we clinched – I was doing everything before the media came in. And then when they came in, I still had just my shirt off. Everything else had been put back on per se. <laughs> and, uh, and so I was about to put my shirt on and all the guys, I remember Scherzer and I was like, leave it off. Let's go. And so I was like, all right, party. And so I left it off. And then, so sure enough, after we kept winning in the playoffs, I had to keep the shirt off. So it became a thing. And then obviously once the parade started and, you know, everybody on the parade and making me take my shirt off. And so it was, um, so yeah, it was, my wife had enough. <laughs> you, you, you joined a list of guys who have just taken over world series parade. So it's like you, Napoli, oh, who's the guy from the, uh, from the Cavs that was doing J.R. Smith. Smith. Yeah. J.R. Smith. He had no shirt on forever. The, there's a hockey guy that was just like going crazy. You joined that list and that's a great, list to be on i mean to accomplish that and then to be like the face of the party well I gotta say i loved it well we the parade started like noon and we started drinking at eight so yeah. only, only i mean the only good things would happen so i knew but i remember i remember my wife renee she was after the whole parade she said she pulled me aside she said that's enough that's enough <laughs> for that kind of stuff and we get on stage and you know all the wives are in the front <laughs> and we're walking out of the stage. She's like, you know, whatever you do on stage, no shirt. Uh, do not take it off. I got to When we get up there and freaking <clears throat> Anibal Sanchez in front of everybody, he's like, take it off now. <laughs> I look at my wife. <clears throat> I look at my wife and she's just like, she gives me the stare. And I, I got to give the boys what they want, yeah. babe. So uh, I had to take it off. So it, it was good. It's awesome. Easy, easier to ask for forgiveness than ask for permission. Is that the yeah. is that the saying? Yes, that's the saying. Yeah. You, that Nationals team, you guys had a lot of things. Like that was your thing. You had the hugs. Straws were getting hugs. All the hugs. You had Baby Shark. Even uh, yeah. Soto, the Soto Shuffle. Like it felt like that whole squad was just Kendrick one big and, uh, inside party. Eaton. We, we, oh yeah, the yeah the car thing. Oh yeah, the, the uh, Howie and and Adam. Yeah, they uh, everyone kind of had their own thing, but it, it was everybody's thing. Even in the even in the locker room, we would do some stuff with um, with Strasburg after he would pitch every time and get a win and stuff. Just a lot of things that uh, we like to have a lot of fun. I think it's straight correlation to being the oldest team in baseball. There's something to be said about some uh, veterans being in a clubhouse. Did Rendon have a thing, or was his thing that he has no things? He just not even a pulse. Yeah, his thing is that he doesn't have too much of nothing. <laughs> he, he just uh, rakes. He, he's a very uh, – he does rake. He's a, but he's uh, he's not like he's a shy guy either. Um, very outgoing. He just – very mellow and stuff. But he would um, – he wouldn't show too much outside, but in the clubhouse he would do some stuff. Yeah, and on the field he did some stuff too. It's like yeah. – yeah, every at, every at bat after the seventh inning was a double or a home run. That was insane. insane. Oh, no kidding. You ever thought about? Can I ask you. Oh, oh go sorry. ahead, Jim. I was. Have you ever thought about doing the the little Soto shuffle yourself, just as a little homage to the kid? 
I mean, you got to be 20 years old raking to be able to do that. <laughs> it's true. I, I don't have that in me. Uh, I liked it. I mean, I, I even told him, he, he would ask me, do you like it? And I was like, yeah, I love it. I love it. I <laughs> when you're 0 for 30, keep doing it, though, because you're going to look really bad. If, and he's yeah. like, I'm not 0 for 30. I said, I hope you never do, kid, but it might come. But just remember to go. Keep doing it. <laughs> That's what I was going to I was going to ask you about him because, I mean, you watch that guy play and he's – is he, he's 20 years old? Is that what he is? He turned 21 in October, yeah. <clears throat> so to do what he's been able to do is incredible. Because when I was 20 years old, when you were 20 years old, we were in the minor leagues, like tr- just scrubs trying to make it. This guy is on the biggest stage performing, you know, doing the shuffle, then hitting a bomb off Verlander. I mean, like just really living it up. Like, is he that good? He is that good. <clears throat> I don't think he knows how good he is being that young and stuff. He's He's, he's like – Super humble, got a good head on his shoulders, uh, plays the game hard. He's he. They always told him that during spring training that you got to get better at your defense. You got to get better at your defense. And this guy, like every single day, him and Bob Henley were out working the walls and working on strengthening his arm because they were saying he had a bad arm and all this kind of stuff. So he's like, he knows what it takes to actual he don't want to be like a first baseman you know at 22 and he can be a left fielder just a dh somewhere or something and um he works his tail off and uh he's really good it's good to hear he's got, like he's got that. The, most, the most oppo juice i've seen in my big league career wow so. damn i love oppo juice you know that <laughs> that's the real tell of someone who has power it's a lot shorter just to pull it but yeah yeah, Trevor, down the line. <laughs> if, if there's any story where Trevor can tell us about his oppo juice, it comes out pretty easily. Um, I, I think right. I think there's an easy segue to be had there because you go over this spring training to the Padres and they've got a young dude who's pretty special himself and yeah. Tatis, who you might might be turning some stuff up the middle with. How? Well, a, a I guess we'll start there with him, but give us the whole Padres thing. You're at camp with them. How's it going? What, what's it, who stands out? What's going yeah, on down it, there? It's been good. Uh, I kind of got to uh, to camp a, about a week late, but I guess that doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, it, it was good. I was there for a few weeks. Uh, Tatis, an unbelievable talent. The guy, I mean, in all aspects. Um, <laughs> he would, We'd be taking BP on the field, and, you know, you see all the old guys, me and Manny and the, um, Hosmer and stuff. We're in one group with Tatis, and the first two rounds, we're just hitting ground balls you know, the other way just to get loose, get the old ball loose. And his first, like literally his first three swings are like dead center, 400. <laughs> like, geez, how do you do it, man? Just at least stretch a little bit. And uh, he's young. He's, he's just like Soto. He's got juice. He's got a cannon for an arm. Uh, one of the best, probably the best arm in the big leagues from the shortstop position. Um, wow. He's an unbelievable talent. Runs the bases really well, fast, uh, He's a pretty special kid. So Go from uh, ask, the oldest to one better? of the youngest, right? What's that? O- oldest average team to I think Padres are one of the youngest teams in baseball. Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much. I know I'm the second oldest guy on the team, which is kind of weird. Craig Stammen has me by wow. a year or two, so that's. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I guess we are pretty young. <laughs> give give us. Yeah, you know, I gotta ask. I gotta but, ask this because you know. I get a lot of like my knowledge from Phil Hughes and, and whose cards he's trying to keep. So he loves <laughs> Fernando Tatis. 
Yes. He just bought a car the other day and he told me how much he paid for it. I won't air it because he doesn't want me to. It's a lot for a baseball card. You told me last night. Oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Phil. <laughs> um, <laughs> secret keeper. But, uh, I mean, so you got Soto and Tatis. These are like the guys yeah. for yeah. card collectors and also for baseball fans in general, the young guys who are like kind of the next wave or like the next faces of the game. So you've got to play for both with both of them. Who you got? Uh, I th- I think overall, I think uh, Tatis throughout his career, he's going to be more probably impactful. Um, and that's kind of tough for me to say. That means he's got to be really good because I played a whole season with Soto and uh, haven't played yet outside spring training with Tatis. But he just, from the shorts, I, I really love shortstops that yeah. can play every day and still drop. I mean, he dropped like 23 homers last year and like 300 and something at bats. Um, unbelievable defense. I think he'll he'll be a 30-30 guy easy. Uh, and doing that at the shortstop position is kind of – it puts it above for me. Okay. Who, uh, I like that. Who, who from the Padres? Because I think you, you start looking at this Padres lineup and they were – they're an up-and-coming team. Um, you know, we've heard about the farm system for a few years and now the dudes are there. I mean, Tatis, we mentioned him. They signed Machado. A guy like Tommy Pham's come over. That's someone who baseball players know. On the pitching staff, I feel that's where – it's a lot of young dudes with crazy talent. I don't know if you took live BP against any of them or who's the guy that you walk past the clubhouse and you're like, that's a horse. Like, who's who from that young pitching staff are the dudes that people in baseball need to know? I, well, I mean, you saw what Paddock can do yeah. uh, last year. He's, he's a frontline guy. He's really good. Uh, I faced this guy, Lamette, and twice in, in uh, BP – Live BP. I played behind him twice, and I'm telling you, this guy's from the swings and misses. I know it's I know it's spring. Uh, hitters are a little bit behind and everything, but this guy's stuff is sick. Yeah, I mean, he just sits 97, 98 with a his slider is like 88 to 92. A great changeup. I mean, it just he's got really good stuff, and he controls it. It's not like hey, just throw it across the middle of the plate and he controls it. Um, I didn't really know much about him coming in. And then um, throughout the spring, people seeing him doing my homework and all this stuff on the guy. I think he's, he's the guy to watch. All right. Job down. This was your first spring in Arizona. Is that correct? First one. Yeah. Was it, did you enjoy it more? We always hear it's better because everything's closer and all that. I'm going to be honest with you. I've heard in my whole career how much Arizona is, is better. I'm not buying it. Wow. The Twins have a pretty right. nice setup. We were there. I felt the same way. Yeah. I, and I think it's just – Fort Myers was great. Um, everyone doesn't like the traveling, but I feel like when you get a little older and stuff, you don't ever travel. You might, I mean, might every now and then in Florida. So when you stay back, you have – pretty much an off day. You just take BP if you want some grounders or whatever and you get out. You're you're back by like 11, 12 at the latest. Uh, Here, there's no, I mean, Arizona, there's no off days. Everyone always practice um, until right up to game time. And it's kind of, it gets kind of draining. And then, um, you know, there's nicer restaurants and stuff probably, but it's, I think golf's better in uh, Florida. I don't know. I'll just, my wife and I feel the same. We we think Florida's better. 
I think Trev was saying the same thing about off days. We did a whole episode on spring training that, and that's, didn't you say the same thing, Trev, that Florida, you get those off days if you don't travel. So it's actually better. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. It was, it's like Joe's was talking about in Arizona, you're all together every day. So you're doing the PFPs, you're going through BP, you're doing anything, all the extra work every single day. And like he's saying in Florida, when you have that off day, you know, you're going to have the off day. So you can, you know, if you want to get a little salty the night before and, and have some drinks, you know, you're showing up, you're just going to get a little bit of work and then you're back. You can go golfing, go fishing, not a lot of fishing in Arizona, which, you know, that's a big plus for Florida as well. Cause every single place has a pond and you just yeah. got to throw the watermelon lizard right in there, jerk some yeah. lips. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I was, I, I felt the same way, you know, like everyone always says Arizona, 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 but we yeah, had a pretty good place in, in Florida. So I think that's has something to do with yeah. it as well. Right. I love when Trevor gets his fishing content in because he, he likes to remind us that he's not just a straight L.A. Cali boy, that he, he can cast a line. <laughs> and he did. He threw on his St. Patty's camo for you because he said you're you're a hunter, right? I am a hunter, yes. Okay. What, uh, what are we hunting? We hunt a lot of ducks and deer. Okay. Um, pretty much anything but ducks and deer is kind of – you can't go right now, right? Like it's not hunting season. It's not hunting it? season. Oh. It's not nothing. Uh, you're turkey hunting. So I, once I can, my wife will let me get out of the house and at least just go in the woods. I'll do some. Uh, I'll do some turkey hunting. Is that all year long? Is there anything you can hunt all year? Uh, no, nothing. Everything has a season. Um, they put those in just to kind of regulate. Everyone killing a bunch of animals. So <laughs> I but, feel like quarantine life is just no rules. You can go hunt if you need to. It's, yeah, survive. It's, it's to survive. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> Dragging a deer, feeding the family. Feeding the family. I gotta go out and take care of some business. Come back with a deer. Stay a deer. away from the markets, baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. You have any uh, hunting hunting buddies in baseball? Like any teammates that would go go out with you? Uh, you know, Josh Willingham, we used to go a lot, um, when we were in Minnesota together, we went, uh, we had this guy that would let us deer hunt his property and turkey hunt. That's where I, I killed a turkey actually with Josh. Um, there's a lot of, uh, Gordon Beckham's another one, uh, which, um, he got released just right before we came back for, with the Padres, but, um, we, me, him and I have never been together, but we. We talk a lot of hunting together. We're going to try to do that. Keep it hunting. Yeah, so it's uh, it's always just a good thing, especially in the off season, just to kind of get away. And I, I, I'm not even mad at them anymore, as far as deer or ducks. I just go to kind of drink some bourbon around the campfire and hang out and stuff. So I've had your venison before. You cooked it for us in spring training. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. I'm not yeah. gonna lie, like that's not something I grew up eating. But uh, yeah. we put some jalapenos and some and some cheese in there, and we were cheese we were rocking it all day. Got a bunch of my beer. I'll send some out. Every time <laughs> I take some beer, I'll send some out too. Okay. I, I got to ask about uh, the 2017 wild card game. I don't know if you know we're Yankees yeah. fans, so I'm not. But you led off that game with a home run. Is that yeah. is that one of the wildest? First, is that one of the wildest first innings of baseball you've been part of? And then also, how'd that lead off home run in a, a do or die game feel? Uh, it was it's unbelievable. You know, I actually had like leading up to that, how cool would it be to like lead off <laughs> the game with a home run? And sure enough, it happened. I've never seen a stadium 
become so loud, it's become so quiet, and then back to being the loudest I've ever heard in, in a span of 20 minutes. I mean, because after we put up three in the first inning, you could hear a pin drop, and then D.D. comes back in the bottom of the first and hits the, th- the three-run homer, and I, that's the loud, loudest stadium I've heard to the day, uh, and probably one of the best atmospheres, too. Yeah, it was a it was a true zoo back in that that playoff run for the Yankees. That DD home run was insane. Yeah, oh yeah, that, that whole first inning. Irvin couldn't find the strike zone, and we did, we played bad defense behind him. We couldn't hit, and they ran off. And Do you have haven't been in the one game playoff? I know there's been some talk about it, trying to expand that, and it's. It's from a fan's perspective, it's incredible. If you're um, if you're not rooting for one of the two teams in it, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's also, I, I mean, it it really doesn't make sense because we play 162 to bring it to one game. Where if someone has a bad day, like you said, like oh, Irvin couldn't find the zone. There, there goes our season. Um, you know, yeah. are are you a fan of going three game wild card or something like that? Uh, yeah, I think three game sets are better. Um just the overall picture because that's what we play the whole year why just we never play one game we do a yeah. three set or three game set um whether it's the wild card whether or whether you have to do even the i don't know even like the, the division series or something if you want to put more three games for the wild card or something three game sets are great nothing should be decided in my opinion of one game because uh it's just not really it's not really baseball. I mean, it, bringing up the 17 wild card game, I mean, you saw, I mean, they started, um, what's his face? What was the guy? Se- the Severino. Name? Yeah, Severino. What's his face? <laughs> he, uh, he threw a third of an inning. Yeah. Green comes in at those two innings. Baton comes in at those two innings. Robertson throws two innings. And then Chapman. So it's like, I get it's all hands on deck, but I think it's a better way of doing it to kind of actually have starters throwing and, you know, doing all that. Yeah, because it's a whole different brand of baseball from everything else. Right. So, and, you, and you were part of another wild card, I mean, this past season, where you guys – Oh, my gosh. Now another crazy game with a wild ending, and then you take that and go all the way on. I mean, was is that game the similar vibe? Because Nationals fans, let me tell you this, I, I appreciate – I'm not trying to be mean, but they – get down in the dumps quicker than any other fan base I've seen. When you guys are down in that <laughs> Nationals game, they were, like, crying in the stands. Uh, yeah, like, it was bad. It was. Uh, you know, they were they were pumped at the beginning, and then uh, I think we got behind three to one. I think that's what it was. And then uh, I, I don't know if they knew Hayter was coming in and he was been lights out or something. I don't know, but it was uh, – and then obviously talking about Juan Soto battling Hayter um, – uh, which is pretty special. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we got lucky with the right fielder making a mistake and uh, being able to score a few runs. But um, Soto, man, lefty, righty, whatever it is, he's pretty that good. That was a crazy at-bat that he put together right there. Well, that at-bat is the age-old like, age question. You got a high fastball hitter and a high fastball thrower, and it's you know my 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 pitch versus your swing, and they match up. It's like – should Hater have gotten oh, yeah. something different, or that's kind of like that steps in, and anyone who knows those behind the scenes facts, are like, oh shit, here we go, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, Soto, Soto's low ball hitter to me too, and I, I mean, <laughs> he can hit everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair. 
<laughs> he, when he when he comes up, it's like you know certain guys are like okay, like I like him in this situation. I think we got a chance, and obviously he's like one of those guys ninety nine percent of the time. But when he's walking up against a lefty like that that strikes everybody out, it's like, are you that confident in Soto? And then he puts that at bat together, and it's like forever. You're just gonna say if Soto's up, we got a chance. If Soto's up, you got a chance. I, I mean, but. Let, I don't even. I think from what I remember, the middle of the summer they were talking about how he hits lefties better than righties. I don't know any stats on that or anything, but it always seemed like he raked lefties. Uh, but one thing with me, man, Trev, you know, when you see a young guy getting on base at a, over a forty percent clip throughout the whole year, I mean, the guy. I don't know. His, his eyes are exceptional. It's pretty special. That's kind of what I think when I think about him hitting. It's like his ability to control the strike zone at a young age. Because that's like the, that's the hardest thing to do when you're young is you get up there, guys want want you to expand the zone, and you do. And you have to be able to like rein that in. But him, it's like he's got that already. And I don't know if like what he did when he was younger to hone that skill, but like he should let that, out, that cat out of the bag and tell everybody because it's, it's, it's incredible. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. uh he's he's a little he's nine seventy seven OPS versus righties, eight forty nine versus lefties, but still again at where he's yeah. at in his career, I mean that's that's silly. Both good. Um I, I think I wanna clear the air for Doge because a lot of Yankees fans listen to this pod. There we go. And so you not knowing who Severino is, they're probably gonna be like mad, you know. Like, uh, oh, it was his rookie Sevier. season. It was a, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's not far fetched for Doge because I have a funny story about Doge's baseball knowledge. Here we go. <laughs> we are on the we are on the bus. And hey, hold on! Before he tells this, <laughs> I grew up only knowing the Atlanta Braves. Like I couldn't tell you anything else. I that and you will never get an argument out of us because we grew up only knowing the Yankees and now we're doing all these videos. We're watching the 1970s world series and everyone in the comments is like, how do you not know who random you know, you Dodger know, from the seventies? You don't know like, Steve Garvey. And it's like, sorry, he played before I was alive. <laughs> so we're with okay, him. Okay. I'm glad no, you guys prefaced it. Go ahead, Trev. And it was my rookie year and I didn't know much. So go ahead. <laughs> this is a major league baseball player, right? You know, this is his profession. And we were on the bus and somehow it kind of gets brought up that, you know, Brian's like knowledge of like teams and stuff isn't great. So I don't know who was on the mic, but we start we bring bring Doge up and start going over teams. We're like, Doge, all right, let's name the divisions. Like who's in who's <laughs> in this division? And so the Astros get brought up. And he's like kind of sitting there like, come on, man. Like they like they just recently moved into this yeah. division. They were in the NL before. Trick like, question. Yeah. He's like, Trick I don't one. know. Yeah. What are they like in the AL South or something? <laughs> 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 and we're like, no, that's 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 not a division. <laughs> <laughs> If, so, if it was a division, so they would be in there. That. Yeah, yeah. If that yeah, existed, right. they would be in there. So I'm with. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I yeah. forgot about that. Thank you, Trev. Yeah, thank, thank you for the. Stuff. Thank you for the. We're reminder. not gonna hold it against you. <laughs> yeah, we we. I, I mean, we're deep into this internet world now, and it's it's so brutal because I mean, coming up now, especially like with the AAU generation and all that, like if you play baseball, you don't really have time to watch baseball. 
Uh, so, I mean, there's there's a lot of dudes nowadays, and I'm actually glad guys are being more open about it. When we talked to Flaherty the other day, I was like, because I just know being in St. Louis and being a pitcher, like, they start asking him questions about Bob Gibson, and I was like, what's your answer? And he said, yeah, I tell him I see the highlights, but I don't know Bob Gibson, you know? I never watched a Bob Gibson game, so I, I think you're good there, and I think you, I, I, I was going to, God, I'm just so good at segues now that I keep saying segues. When you're in free agency this year and you and Bob Gibson get brought up a lot because are, were you telling teams that you could throw the pill a little bit? That I could what? That you could throw the pill a little bit because you got on the mound last year, right? Negatives. And I did get on the mound, but I cannot throw the pill. <laughs> what was it like? Were you asking for that or how, how'd that go down? Well, I, think it, I think it's a, a dream for any position yeah. player to be able to get on the mound, right? And you just never know if it's ever going to happen. And uh, <clears throat> so Davey, uh, we're getting murdered by the Diamondbacks. And uh, Parr comes up and walks four straight guys. He's trying to throw a 90 and whatever. Walks four straight guys. And Davey's in the uh, the dugout. We look at each other. And he's like, hey. And I'm like, well, hell yeah, I'm, I'm good for sure. And uh, so he comes to the mound. He's like, Paul, that's enough. And um, he's like, anybody want to pitch? And then Rendon was like, yeah. And I was like, no, 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 no. No, I'm the oldest guy here. Nice. You're not asking. I'm getting on the mound. And he's like, all right, let's go. And uh, I think the first guy, I gave up an infield single, pop up. And sure enough, one of my best friends in the game, Eduardo Escobar, uh, comes up. He's laughing. And it's such a cool photo. I got it, getting it framed and put in my house of a shot of me. Actually, when I'm releasing the ball, I'm laughing. <laughs> He's got a smile on his face as the ball's coming. And Kurt Suzuki, who was also uh, our teammate in, in Minnesota, He's laughing through his mask like this. It's, it's like a, it's an amazing picture, all captured in one frame. And uh, and then he hits a freaking 400 foot homer off of me. And the the funny thing is, you got to know Eduardo. He's very like appreciative and like he can get serious sometimes. And even though he's kind of funny and really funny, uh, he was cooking for me arepas that night. So we go over to his house. <laughs> every five minutes, he's like, "My brother, seriously, man, thank you." Thank you for throwing. I needed home run like that. Like the whole time. Every time I thank you, my brother. Thank you, man. And I'm like, okay, yes. <laughs> Did you mess around with a, a, a second, second pitch? Yeah, what's your pitch mix? You no, know, so is the first pitch I grew one is high for a ball. And I was like, I've got to – I want to throw my knuckleball or a curveball or something. I was like, let me just get one strike on him because uh, I did not want to walk him or get 2-0 and then have to – so I was like, let me just – so I tried to pump it up just a little bit, just hoping he would take his middle end right in his wheelhouse. And, and I didn't even look. I knew it was a homer. He's looking at me. You end up getting outs eventually? Or did you yeah, get – Yeah, I got uh, three outs. There you go. Uh, yeah, but he cleared the bases. I think it was a three-run pump. So yeah, On the, on the home run, out. did you throw your hand up? Like, who's got it? Fly ball. Fly ball, yeah. Yeah, no, I did not. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Go get it. It's great. Oh, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy. But yeah, so good experience. That's funny. 
You gotta get all the first to happen and be Escobar is is like the funniest thing. Like, oh my god, like your guys' relationship, and then for like Kurt to be back there, everything to come full circle was hilarious. I mean, I, um, I remember watching it, being like, "This is you can't script something like this." I know, you know, how he, he went way back on you. It wasn't like way back. Well, you know how he does. He does little, he, before he touches home plate, you know, he does his little yeah. tap. Yeah, and Suzuki is standing. I don't know if you saw it, but when he's coming home to home plate, Suzuki's standing on home plate going. <laughs> and uh, so Esky was like, he didn't want. He said after he didn't want to show me up. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I was yelling at him around the bases, and he's like, I'm sorry if I showed you up. And I'm like, what? No, I love it. The fact, the uh, fact he cooked you dinner later that night is, I mean, yeah. that's as good as it gets. That's he baseball. Is, his wife did. Yeah. Well, counts. Yeah. Counts. All in the family. All in the family. Well, the I, rape us too, obviously. I don't know. You you got anything for us, Doge? You got anything for Ploof? You wanna you wanna throw him under the bus real quick, like he did uh telling that story about you or what? I don't have much of Ploof. Ploof's like a just a Cali, good looking guy, not much not many faults, and very knowledgeable about the game of baseball, unlike myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first compliment I've ever gotten from Doge. That's wow. really nice. This is definitely outkicked his, definitely outkicked his covers with his wife. Yeah. She's an angel. I you tell know. everyone that. Um, but no, I don't have too much on Twitter. Thanks, man. Thanks right, for sitting dude. down, and joining us. We're good. we're good. Get that's bring good stuff, baseball man. back. Thank you. If you could do that, oh yeah, yeah let's do here. that. What's what's your prediction? Give me your prediction of when we're going to be back. Is, you mean, is this for for media purposes? Or do you mean to be honest with you guys? We'll do the honest. Be honest. Right? Everyone's being honest. I'm yeah. always honest. I personally don't think – a part of me says we don't play baseball this year, and the other part says there's going to be like just something at the very end with like a, a month of baseball, three doubleheaders a week, expanded rosters, try to get in as much as possible. Um and then have it like a shortened playoff or a longer playoff and more teams make something condensed within a month if it even happens. So yeah. that's what I personally think. We, I keep training as if we're going to start, you know, next month, but I don't know. I think it's too serious of a matter that we're going to – it's not looking good. Yeah, the reports that were coming out today from Jeff Passan are talking about – or is it Passan or Passan? I don't know, whatever. Passan. He – um. He said they're still trying to get 162 games in. They want to play two doubleheaders a week. I'm like, players are not going to want to play two doubleheaders a week unless you expand the rosters, 27, 28 guys. Because you can't – I mean, you literally can't do that. Even then, the math doesn't add up, what he said. Because they said they were going to start mid-June and do 162, and it just doesn't add up. I'm going to stick by my guns. I'm going to say July, right around the All-Star break. That's what I think. They're going to try to get 100, 100 games in. If they can, and the playoffs will be pushed back a little bit, and it'll be a neutral site for a lot of the games because it'll be freaking cold everywhere. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. I mean, our union's so good and stuff, and I know they're trying to hammer out stuff with service time and salaries, and that's a whole different thing, especially with our CBA ending uh, this year. So that's another whole thing that it's not getting brought up that much. So it's it's bad timing for all this, but we'll see. Gas on the fire. All right, man. Well, thanks, right. for, thanks, thanks for coming. This is awesome, Dosh. man. Thank you. All right, guys. I appreciate it. Be good. All right. Peace out. Thank you.